All Things Are Possible, Part 33. We didn't get very far yesterday. Uh, well, we did. We got we got plenty far, but but not in the direction that I was I was uh, planning to go in. The Lord kind of shifted my direction there to add some things from the Scripture. But I'll remind you our uh, foundational text, Mark chapter nine, verse twenty-three, that says, "All things are possible to him that believes." Now that's what Jesus said, and he then he said in uh, Mark chapter. 10 and verse 27, with God, all things are possible. And again, I'll remind you that Jesus used the phrase often when people would act in faith. He would tell them something like this, according to your faith, be it done unto you. And we said that in order to function in this kind of faith that receives a manifestation of the promises of God, then uh, we're going to have to deal with the central issue that Jesus mentioned in Mark eleven twenty three. He said that in order, um, before he said that we have to believe, he said, you must not doubt in your heart, but believe. So we're going to have to deal with this thing about not doubting in the heart, and that's what we've been doing. And we've seen that hesitation and wavering and pride and unforgiveness and fear, and then we started looking at worry and anxiety, and we've actually done more than started. We've really uh, spent some time on this. That all of these are, in, are are an integral part of doubting in the heart, and they've got to go. And in these studies, that's what we're doing. We're taking out the trash of doubt that has hindered faith, so that we can believe His word and His promises. Now, whether you like it or not, this has to happen in order for you to receive. Because James said, besides all that I've already told you, he said that if we waver uh, that or, or are double-minded, that we'll receive nothing from the Lord. Well, we don't want to be in that category. We want to be those that do receive something from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, some people want to jump right into believing and right into that part. Let's, let's just believe God. Well, I, I'm, I'm gung-ho too, but, but uh, uh, you, you have to confront these issues that we've been talking about in the heart. And uh, some people have started, uh, have allowed things to start as an emotion or evil thoughts and imaginations. And they've dwelt on them, and it's become a stronghold in their heart that, frankly, must be eradicated for their faith to work. It's not going to work any other way. And uh, so don't be so quick to jump and say, okay, bless God, let's believe God. No, let's go to the Word. Let's find out and make sure that we're settled and established on God's Word before we just throw a scatter shot out there. Let's be specific in our application. Let's, uh, because why? Why am I saying all this? I want results. How about you? <laughs> I think we all want results. Uh, and that's what we're going for. So we're going to have to get into the specifics. Amen. Uh, again, some people don't like this because they don't think that there should be all this detail. Well, let me tell you, 
When God told uh, Noah to build that ark, he didn't just say, all right, grab some wood and uh, throw it all together out there. And uh, maybe we'll get a ship out of that and you'll be all right. No, he gave him a very specific and detailed plan. Now, whether we like it or not, God is a God of order. He is a God of detail, not just scatter shots. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do things without specifics. And, I mean, you can go through the entire Bible and see that. I mean, when Jesus died and went to the cross, there were specific scriptures out there that Jesus fulfilled. All you got to do is read Psalms 22. And if I didn't give you anything else and then uh, see what happened in the Gospels and you'll see that down to the last and minute details, things were coming to pass. God's a God of details. Uh, what about when God gave the plan for the temple to Solomon? You think God just said, all right, let you guys go out there and just cut a rock out there and we'll see what happens with it. No, God gave Solomon specific instructions, very detailed instructions. Well, the same goes with uh, uh, um, the tabernacle out in the wilderness. Uh, I mean, you read the book of Exodus toward the end and you realize and, and then you read about the, the, the uh, all of these things. You know, I'm saying this to you folks because a lot of people think because now we're under grace that, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be uh, that we shouldn't have all this detail because they think it's law. That's a lie. God hasn't changed the way he operates. He's always done things in a detailed manner. He's always been very specific. And Paul specifically says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he says that God is not the author of confusion. Amen. He is not the God of confusion or the author of confusion, but of peace. Amen. Now that's in verse 33. Of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. When there's confusion, that's not where God is. Amen. Now you need to get this because peace here talks about agreement. There is, everything's in its place. Now if you'll go down there in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and you'll read in verse 40. Now listen what it says. Now I didn't write this. It's Paul wrote this. You have a problem with it, then uh, your argument's not with me, it's with Paul. He said in verse 40, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 40, Let all things be done decently and in order. Like I said, there's a divine spiritual order. And, and, and it's very specific and it's detailed. And uh, we shouldn't run from it. All the contrary, we should embrace it and recognize that there's details to this. And we should be learning the details. Glory. And that's what we're doing in these studies. We're really being detailed. Glory to God. So that we understand what it means not, you know, what it means to doubt in the heart and what it means not to doubt in the heart. Glory. So, now let's, let, let, let me just start right here um, 
giving you just a little bit of uh, extra information that I believe will be a blessing to you. Um, because we've been looking at the fact that, that you know, the scripture Jesus said, I'm going to quote it to you again. Uh, it's not going to hurt you to hear it again. It's going to bless you, actually, if you'll listen to it. Because if he told us to do something that you know, you know that he wouldn't tell us to do something if he didn't give us uh, the way and the means and the ability and the strength to do it. Of course, we got to trust him for it. I mean, you know, the Bible does say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Uh, it doesn't say I can do all things by myself. It says to be strong in the Lord. Well, thank God that's true. Ephesians 6.10. Uh, we're trusting him. But there's something you have to do. It won't work just, you know, wishing for it to work. And it won't work just because uh, you think it should work. No. There's some specific application. There's order. And uh, there's a divine order, and there are details in this, and that's what we're looking. But now Jesus said, you remember, uh, in, uh, and let's just read this portion of Scripture. We'll come back to it tomorrow, but I just want to read this portion of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and uh, he said in verse 25, Therefore I say to you, now you should underline this next phrase in your Bible, do not worry about your life. Now, folks, that's a commandment. It is as much a commandment as love your neighbor as yourself. Or um, this is the new commandment, Jesus said, that I've given you in John chapter 13 and verse 34. Uh, what's this commandment? You remember? He said that you love one another as I have loved you. Uh, you know, the new commandment wasn't that we should love one another. I mean, that goes back uh, to the book of Leviticus. You can find that. It's from the beginning. And, and even John says that in 1 John. This is the, not a new commandment. It's the same one we've had from the beginning, he said. But this part, as I have loved you, is the part that was new to their ears. Because Jesus uh, physically hadn't been around before. <laughs> so he left us an example of what kind of love he was talking about. And that's a powerful revelation in itself. Amen. But now let's read this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life. Well, receive that commandment in the name of Jesus. It is a commandment. Take it as a commandment for your life. And then he says, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then you go down there to verse 27. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Well, the answer to the question is none. I don't care how much you worry. You're not going to add uh, uh, a foot or more to your stature. You're not going to add an inch. You're not going to add a centimeter to your stature by worrying. And we saw that worry and anxiety, which is another word that defines worry, is an open door if people indulge in it to sickness and disease and to a lot of different things. Well, wouldn't you know, God made it a commandment in the mouth of Jesus, do not be worried. 
So what does that tell you? God is interested in your health. He's interested in your wealth and your blessing. He's interested in you coming alive and being blessed so that you can be a blessing. Glory to God. Amen. Well, we'll come back tomorrow with some more teaching.